Hello and welcome. Is your business your mission and your mission your business? If yes, you found your tribe. Whether you feel like it or not, you are avant-garde, going your own way, making your own path, doing it like no one has done before. And the answers to the challenges you're facing aren't in a book. My friend, you are not alone. This is the Avant-Garde Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Trisha Bailey, a mission-minded serial entrepreneur and traveler. My purpose on this earth is to use my authenticity and passion to equip and empower social entrepreneurs to live in their highest calling, feeling freedom, fulfillment, and security, and inspiring others to do the same. Join me for stories, tips, and tricks for taking avant-garde inspired action in your business so that you feel encouraged, equipped, empowered, and unstoppable. I believe it doesn't have to be hard to be right. Hello, and welcome to episode five of Avant-Garde Entrepreneur. I am so glad you're here, whether you're watching on YouTube or you're listening on your podcast player. In episode four, I talked about overcoming overwhelm, and it's a very real part of life as a social entrepreneur. And over time, by using some strategies, overwhelm tends to show up less and less. And this is really because of the inner peace that you are able to develop. It just, the inner peace just crowds it out. In this episode, I'm going to talk about another part of life as a social entrepreneur, spinning plates. That's all the stuff you have to do to keep things going and to give your attention in order to make things happen. There's a constant shift of your attention from one thing to another as a social entrepreneur. You can make a plan, you can make the most excellent, well-thought-out plan, and then something else comes up. So whether that's you get an email from your best customer who's having a service issue, you get a call from a new customer you presented a few months ago, and they're actually ready to get started, Uh, you get a text from an employee that they're going into early labor, you hear a loud clamoring noise from the warehouse signaling an equipment breakdown. And the whole plan that you've created just shifts or goes into the trash all together. There's a cartoon of this guy in a suit, and he's kind of like a guy you might imagine from the U.S. in the 1950s or 60s. He's holding a stick in one of his hands, and on top of the stick is a round plate, something like that you might eat off of. And the the plate is actually balancing on the stick, but the only way for the plate to stay on the stick and not fall off is for it to spin. So the guy's got to keep the plate spinning because the energy of motion is really what keeps it from falling off. So the guy's just got this plate that's spinning. And in the cartoon, the guy looks completely exasperated. He's sweating. His looks like his hair's sticking out and some of it's falling out. His tie's crooked. He's hopping from foot to foot. You know, a little push here, a little push there. Every adjustment just to keep the plate from crashing to the floor. So do you have this visual in your head? Now, imagine this same image with kind of like the shadows of eight arms coming out of the same guy. Eight sticks, eight plates spinning. 
this, my friend, is you. (laughs) This is you. This is what it's like to be a social entrepreneur. And the reason I'm talking about this topic is really because I want you to know that you, you're not alone. It can feel like you are, but you're not alone. And the life of a social entrepreneur can be, can feel very lonely, even when you're surrounded by people, even when you're surrounded by a great team, because no one truly knows what it's like to be in your head and in your heart. Why? Because no one has the extraordinary giftings that you have. There's a saying that knowledge is power. And the flip side of that saying is a Another one that says, ignorance is bliss. And with your gifts comes much responsibility. You have lots of plates to spin. And your staff, your beneficiaries, your customers, most of your donors and investors, they have the bliss of ignorance. And I don't mean in the way of being not smart. I mean in the way of being unaware. Unaware of the things that you have and the things that you navigate on a daily basis. My friend, I'm aware of your spinning plates and all of your friends in the avant-garde entrepreneur tribe are as well. So though the kinds of plates we have are different and the number of plates that spin, they vary from person to person and from season to season. The common denominator is that we are all doing it. We are all making it happen against all the odds. So since we're doing it, spinning the plates, that is, how are we to be? How can we navigate how we are, how we show up, how we feel inside, how we live, so that we can still continue to feel some enjoyment and fulfillment versus dread, frustration, exasperation, or even worse, overwhelm. Today, I'm going to share some strategies for spinning plates. In episode four, I talked about the difference between strategies and tactics. Tactic is an immediate action that you can take to address an acute situation. And a strategy is more of a long-term plan or ways of being and doing that we intentionally choose. Now, both strategies and tactics are important. And it, it really just depends on where you are as to what you need most. So if you're feeling overwhelmed from the spinning plates, I encourage you to stop listening to this episode and go back and listen to episode four. You don't need to listen to the whole episode, but about six minutes in, I start giving you five tactics that you can use to overcome overwhelm that comes from spinning plates. If you're ready for some strategizing about how to make this inevitable part of life as a social entrepreneur more enjoyable, just keep listening. So number one, divine timing. Recognize the force, the divine forces of divine timing. It's rarely the same as our human timing. So whether that's a major life decision like finding a mate or a significant other or a husband or a wife or whether it's achieving a goal, there's a much greater force at work than your humanness. And there are people to align and experiences for you to have before it's the right time for that thing to happen. So for example, let's say you want to launch a new product with a design that you've come up with and you feel really good about it. Then 
what happens? Your design software needs to be renewed. Let's say you get a notice from the government that the application that you thought was completely finished. Nope, they need more verification. The materials you need are on back order. The guy you buy your zippers from has gone home to his village. I mean, roadblock after roadblock. And you spin the plate and it stops. <laughs> you spin it again. The cycle continues and your product is nowhere and you're launching. Then out of the blue, this person approaches you and applies for a job as a designer. So you take a chance and you hire her. You invest time and energy. It takes a lot to get someone onboarded. We all know that, but you do it. And she takes your concept and turns it into something that you have never conceived of. I mean, we're talking about a major upgrade here. She can do things with that basic software package that you never had any idea it could do. And suddenly the materials are available. Um, you don't need the zipper guy anymore because she's designed this creative closure that makes it so that you don't need the zippers. And then you launch and your brand recognition and sales skyrocket. Now, would sales have skyrocketed with your design? Probably not. Divine forces intervened to block you for your own good. Divine timing is way more powerful and way more than anything that you or I could either ask for or imagine. So the plate could be spinning slowly, very slowly for a long time before it's the right time and season. I've actually had goals that I've moved from quarter to quarter for three years and it just seemed to never line up. And then I got to the point where I was just so tired of looking at it. I just took it off. I just took it off my list. <laughs> and then a month later, it happens. So what do I do? I go back and I add it back to my goal list and I check it off. <laughs> yes, I'm shamelessly telling you that is what I have done because it can be really frustrating when you just feel like you're just waiting on the timing and it's never the right time. Um, so number two, planning ahead. I hear a lot of people say that they work really well under pressure, but do they? Do you? I would say that if you're happy with an inner smile and you work independently and you're feeling like you're in the flow, then probably yes, you probably do work well under pressure. But if you're in overwhelm or you're emailing someone with a last minute question or you're calling someone's name across the room and putting pressure on your team and your suppliers in any way, I mean any way then I'd say you don't work as well under pressure as you might think you do. Take a moment and look behind. So imagine you're in a boat in a dinghy or a dinghy, and you're sitting at the back of the boat with the throttle. You're near the engine with the throttle in your hand. And let's say you are full throttle. You've got it going as fast as you can. And because you're good like that, because you can do all these things. Well, you look back and what's in your wake? What crab traps are being disrupted? What stumps are moving? When you think about your employees, is anyone upset? 
Does anyone seem like they've maybe shut down the past few days? Their behavior has changed because maybe they're upset. They feel like they've disappointed you and they really wanted to make you happy, but you didn't exactly create the right environment for them to do that. It's important to look who's adrift and flailing just because you had a deadline to meet. And whether you truly work well under pressure or maybe you're now realizing that you don't, I can't stress the value of planning ahead. This way, when there's another plate that unexpectedly needs your attention, you can manage it without everything else falling apart. So what does planning ahead look like? This is what I recommend. Number one, self-directed deadlines. What I mean by self-directed deadlines is give yourself a deadline, maybe two days to two weeks before a task or project is due, depending on the magnitude of the task. I actually have some self-directed guidelines this weekend. I have a project that I've been working on for a year and a half. It's submitting an article for publication in the Social Enterprise Journal, and it's due on uh, Monday. And I'd originally planned to finalize it starting the beginning of January, but then we made another strategic decision in one of my other companies, which meant that I had to shift everything around and move things a few months ahead in my other business. So this got put till the end of the month. And then I also knew that I wanted to record this podcast today. But technically, it's not, I don't really need to have it done until next Saturday to keep the production schedule going. So what happens is, do I still feel pressure having these self-directed deadlines? I would say yes, because I really want to show up well, because these things are, I feel like they're important to me and they're what I've called to do. But what I don't feel is overwhelm, because I know that technically, I had three more days to finish my article than what I gave myself in my own deadline. And technically, I have um, a week and a couple of days to get this podcast recorded. So what that does is it really, it's what we talked about in the Overcoming Overwhelm episode. So yes, there can be some overwhelm from doing something because you really want to do it well, but there's a difference between feeling pressure and feeling completely debilitated. So giving yourself self-directed deadlines means that you're able to get things done a little bit ahead and you have some margin. As far as planning ahead besides self-directed deadlines, another thing that you can do is delegate. So planning ahead really gives you the ability to delegate. And we talked about that and we'll talk about that in other episodes, how important it is. When you're in crunch time, that is not necessarily the time to try to teach someone something. You'll just default to doing it yourself. Trust me, I've done it so many times. I think that that's a real pitfall for entrepreneurs because you can do it yourself. So you just think, oh my gosh, it just takes me three times longer to show somebody and they might not get it right. So I'll just do it myself. When you're in crunch mode, that's what you do. But if you've planned ahead, then you've planned your projects out and you have time to think of what's needed. Who on your team could you train or could you have trained to do that? You get to enable someone else to live out their gifting. 
through delegating, but it only works if you're planning ahead. And then the third thing is margin. I alluded to that a little earlier. Margin means giving yourself a little extra time in your schedule. So what happens is it gives you time and space if something else comes in your path that you need to do, another plate needs your attention, then it gives you the ability to do that without completely derailing your entire plan. So margin means that if you think something's going to take 15 minutes to do, give yourself 30 minutes. If you think it's going to take a half hour, give yourself an hour. And you'll find that you feel less pressure. You feel a little gratitude because you get something done a little quicker. And then it also makes it so that if something else, another plate comes in your way, then you're able to just take that too and then move on to the next thing that's on your your list. Number three, setting boundaries. There is a saying that your failure to prepare does not constitute an emergency on my part. Oh my gosh, it can be so easy and so frustrating to allow yourself to be whipsawed by other people, by the demands of others who don't plan, who don't think ahead. People who don't create a plan create a lot of spinning plates for you if you let them. And it doesn't happen overnight, but you can train people by setting your own boundaries and by respecting theirs. And you can do this within your organization and within your relationships and also with other people who work for or who are associated with your organization. Let's say, for example, you've delegated ordering supplies to one of your employees and you give them the schedule and the timing. He's been doing it for a while, so he kind of knows the routine, but then, and he's just gotten comfortable with it. And then one day, for some reason or another, He's doing something else and he orders the supplies at 2 p.m. instead of 10 a.m. So he's missed the cutoff for tomorrow's delivery. He's in a panic. He calls you and now you've got to stop whatever you're dealing with to call the supplier, beg their forgiveness, hope they'll make a concession and fill your order by tomorrow. When you run a restaurant, and you place an order, you need to have it by tomorrow because that stuff's not so good the next day. So what do you do? You've got to deal with that emergency right now because you must get the delivery, especially if you have a restaurant or a cafe. But then a few days later, after the delivery has been made, everybody's calm. He feels remorseful because he knows he messed up. You're not frustrated and you're not so angry, maybe, anymore. Then that's the time for, first of all, before you even meet with him, you need to sit down with yourself, make an appointment with yourself, like we talked about in episode four, and you need to devise a plan for that to not happen again. And then you need to sit with him and you need to explain the plan, talk through it, get his ideas on for how it can be avoided in the future. But you can create the buy-in and make him part of the solution. And he realizes the boundaries that you are setting. And you're not only setting them for yourself, you're setting them for him as well. 
And there's a real trickle effect within your organization whenever you set and respect your boundaries and also respect other people's because they will set their own boundaries and they will add more margin to their life. And you'll find that over time, you can go from having a culture of everyone doing things at the last minute to there is a peace and ease where things just kind of get done either right on time or maybe a little ahead of time without a huge amount of struggle. So this is really where having consistent quiet time and setting appointments with yourself is so important. What it does is it helps you slow down so that you can see where the priorities are and what's really important for this day. And because of divine timing and because of the other forces that are at work for your good, what's most important can shift from day to day. So even if it was most important yesterday and for whatever reason it didn't get done, it might not even be on your schedule for today anymore because maybe it's not as important. But when you're tuned into your spirit, it is much, much easier to discern the priority and hold your ground even when others procrastinate and try to make it your problem. Okay, we've talked about spinning plates today. So let's do a quick review. Number one, recognize the force of divine timing. Number two, plan ahead. Planning ahead involves self-directed deadlines, delegating, and adding margin to your schedule. And number three, setting boundaries. That's all for today, my friends. Spinning plates is an everyday part of life as a social entrepreneur. I hope these strategies for spinning plates makes it a little easier for you in the future. Thanks for listening to this episode of Avant-Garde Entrepreneur. I hope you feel encouraged, equipped, empowered, and unstoppable. If you enjoyed what you heard, share it with a friend. If you haven't already, Subscribe, rate, and review it here on your podcast player. Questions, comments, or feedback? Connect with me directly at trishabaileyphd.com or on social at trishabaileyphd. Now, you go and get back to making the world a better place. I'll see you back here soon.